All right. So who's next for us here now? We're gonna dial her up right no, now. No. Well, before we do it, let me. I, what we know what it is. It's not like a specifically a customer story. I'm assuming she has some stuff to say. Okay. I mean, I understand why I'd be talking to her because I would say, sure, I'll talk to you. But I'm not sure why this is going to be recorded. Can we put that on the podcast? Can we <laughs> include that? All right. Are we doing the same thing here? Yeah, we're doing the same thing. Speaker. We're sorry. You have reached a number so that has she, been disconnected. Does she know where no we're recording this? Okay, wait a minute. If you feel you have reached this recording in error, please check the number and try your call again. See what else you got. Maybe start the cold open with that. <laughs> this, this whole okay. segment is the cold open. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> everybody welcome to another episode of the nordy pod i'm pete nordstrom president of nordstrom and your host for this podcast join me as i take you on an honest authentic journey through our company and introduce you to many of the fascinating people in my life one episode at a time Now, if you enjoyed the last episode, then you'll be pleased to hear that we've compiled another great batch of mailbag submissions for you today. Stories from job interviews to weddings and funerals, all the way to Emmy Awards, party wardrobe malfunctions. And where some of these stories involve just another interesting and unique problem for us to solve, others involve instances where we quite honestly drop the ball. We'll be the first to admit we're not perfect, which is why customer feedback is so valuable to us. Not only do we want to be made aware of our mistakes, but we also want to acknowledge our employees that go above and beyond to make a situation right. Passing these stories on through our company helps us to strengthen our service culture, which ultimately makes us better. They also just make for great podcast material. So once again, settle in for more interesting stories from the Nordstrom Mailbag. first call comes from a woman by the name of Linda Wheeler. She recounts a story from the early 80s which set a precedent for her family's relationship with Nordstrom to this day. This story presents a prime example of how we might not always get it right the first time, but we will do whatever we can to ensure you walk away satisfied in the end. Take a listen. Hey, Linda, this is Pete Nordstrom calling. Hi, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Hey, look, you're, you're really nice to agree to get on the phone with us. Essentially, what we're doing is, uh, you know, we ask people that listen to the Nordy Pod, like, who's got a story who wants to tell us about your experience? And you're one of them. It's- I know, that was so fun for me because when I heard, I listened to your entire story, and then at the end, I was surprised when I said, oh, if you have a story, and I was like, oh my gosh, I actually do, but it's you know, from 1982, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what's good about 1982 is that whatever happened then, if it's helped you be a customer for 40 years since then, then that's a good story. So I guess, oh, yeah, let, why, don't, why don't we start there? Tell us about that story and then anything else along the way that shaped your impression of Nordstrom. Of course. So it was back in 1982. Um, my husband, Ernie, had just graduated from college, and he needed a suit for his first job. 
so I'm like, okay, we need to go to Nordstrom's. And he's like, oh, I don't know if that's, you know, in our budget. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. And I'm like, no, we need to get you a really nice quality suit. But, you know, my husband was still a little skeptical. Because where he grew up, there was no Nordstrom's. So it was a new experience for him to, you know, have people really helping you and catering to you. And they, they did. They found him this gorgeous suit. It fit within our budget. And my husband is 6'2", and he's very athletic, so we had to get it tailored. And they said, you know, pick it up in a week. So we, we came back, and it's something that didn't quite fit right. It was that either the sleeves were a little too short or something. So they said, okay, we're going to, you know, tailor it again, come back, you know, in a day or two. So we, we came back again, and there was still some other issue. I, I can't remember what it was. And we're like, gosh, you know, it was a little disappointing. And they told us, you know we're going to comp the suit for you. And we were so young. We were 21 and 24 at the time, and we didn't know what that meant. We were like, no, we need the suit because my husband was starting his job in like a couple days, and they said, no, we're going to give you the suit for free. We're going to fix it and make it right. We're going to get the tailor right now, do it right with my husband right there. You know, the tailor was on site. And then they said, we want you to be Nordstrom customers for life. And we, we just couldn't believe it. We were like, What? My husband was blown away, and it just exceeded our expectation. And obviously, to this day, we are Nordstrom customers for life. You know, I have three children, and they're, you know, 20s and 30s now. But, you know, we go to Nordstrom for events if we need it for weddings, for Holy Communion. I think somebody from Oregon would come down, and they set up these beautiful, I still have them in my house, their portraits in their outfits, and just the customer service. Um I remember a time when my daughter wanted pink Ugg boots and they were sold out everywhere in the whole United States. I think she was like in sixth or seventh grade. And I got on the phone and a lady from Nordstrom's customer service said she would help me look for them. And she called me up like three days later and she found them. She found the pink Ugg boots and she had them sent, you know, for the holidays. And it was, it was just awesome. So we can't say enough good things about Nordstrom's. It's just exceeded our expectations and basically it started from that 1982 story and we just love it. Well, you're really nice to recount all that for us and, and I'm glad it's all worked out. I, it's interesting kind of listening to your history. You know, one thing that uh, occurs to me most of the time where there's been some kind of good service experience or something that's gotten a customer's attention and made them loyal to us is when we've solved a problem or after we've screwed up. And, you know, your example of you know, buying a suit and assuming we'd be able to tailor it correctly and you'd be able to get it and get it on your way, that that didn't happen, you know, after two tries, you know, that's where it all hangs in the balance. It could have been like, this is terrible. I mean, these guys are terrible. We're never coming here again. Or our people can, you know, make an effort to try to salvage it with a customer. And that's what they did. You think about the lifetime value of a customer and whatever that costs us in that moment to comp that suit for you. It obviously was a good idea because here you are it, now. It was a great idea. <laughs> all these years later and it, it's worked then. I think that's great. That's exactly what we're it's trying awesome. to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be a customer forever. You know, it's just my, and my daughters, we're all, we're like, let's go to Nordstrom's. You know, let's go find it. We know we can find, if we need something, we know we can find it in Nordstrom's and they will help us. That's what I love about it. Well, look at this. This kind of makes my day talking to you. I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to share that with me. And, and I appreciate you being our customer. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pete. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.
That story is a great reminder that we have a long history of this kind of customer-centric behavior, and it makes me proud to see that legacy going strong today. Now for our next customer story, we're talking with Jay Novick. And much like our last caller, Jay initially walked away unsatisfied. Luckily for us, he gave us another shot, and one employee in particular really came through for him in the end. Hello. Oh, hi, is this Jay? It is. It is Jay. All right, hey, Jay, this is Pete Nordstrom calling. Good to hear from you, Pete. All right. So, Jay, you know, we've been fortunate to get all kinds of feedback from people want to talk about their Nordstrom experience. And we got a voicemail from you. So we're calling you to find out what you have to say uh, that you might want to share here on the NordyPod. Um, it comes from your customer service and kind of a funny story with a piece of clothing that I bought in the Coral Gables store. Yeah, I'd love to hear about it. So how long ago was this? Uh, maybe six years ago, you were having your annual sale and um, I saw a Canali unstructured jacket that I liked that was on sale. And I asked the salesman how much it was and he told me what it was. And when we went to pay for it, it came up a different price. And I ended up not buying it that day. And I happened to have a personal shopper in the Philadelphia area. And I spoke to her and I said, you know, this is what happened. I was kind of annoyed. And she goes, Jay, just call the store manager. If he quoted you a certain price, I know in my store they would honor that, even if it was a mistake. I called the store manager and I told the story. She goes, absolutely. Come on in for the jacket. It's all yours. Now, that would be good enough if that were the end of the story, but that is not the end of the story. I took the jacket and I brought it into the Cherry Hill store in New Jersey, where I had more time to leave it and get it altered. And um, I had a lady there that did a lot of my shopping and she was ready to bring the tailor down. And she goes, Jay, there's a slump in the fabric. I said, oh my God. She goes, you don't really want this jacket. She then looked at the inventory, couldn't find it at all. She said, leave it here, Jay. I'll call you the next day. So she went through the whole inventory, could not find it because it had already passed the big annual sale. And whatever the inventory that was left was already on, in the rack. This woman, unbeknownst to me, she went down on her own time to the rack in Wilmington, like an hour away. She found one jacket left that was in the rack that was my size in perfect condition. She brought it back to the Cherry Hill store. She called me and says, come on in, I've got a jacket, let's get it fitted for you. I said, really? She goes, yeah, I got a perfect jacket for you. Come on in, I went in and then when she processed, she goes, well, I'm not going to charge you what you paid for it on sale in the Coral Gable store. I'm only going to charge you the rack price. Wow. I, I was like beside myself. I mean, it's almost like I'm making it up. It's so unbelievable. The customer service was, I I'll never shop anywhere else. Yeah, it's really great. Hey, Jay, you know what I think I'm going to do with this? I think um, we might be able to use this in some training classes to tell people there's going to be times you get called on to use your, your judgment, and these are what those examples look like. This is a perfect example of that. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to share the story with me. Sure. Have a nice evening. Okay, thanks. Thanks. 
So that is pretty remarkable. We certainly don't ask our employees to make long road trips to fulfill customer needs, but as you'll hear in our next story, that's definitely not the only time it's happened. Next, we're talking with an employee of ours from Salt Lake City, Utah, who took it upon herself to go that extra mile, literally. I have Melissa Baird on today who works for us in Utah, and she said, you know, I've got a pretty interesting customer story that you might like. So, Melissa, thank you for being on the show. It is so exciting to be here. I'm I'm like freaking out. You're a celebrity. Really? So this is so fun. Okay, well, that's good. Woo-hoo! That's good. We're off You're to a good amazing. start already. <laughs> so I have actually two different stories. One was in Jackson Hole, and the other one was in the middle of Idaho. So I can share whichever one. <laughs> well, you could share. They're, they're both good. Okay. So I was um, the service experience manager and I'd gotten in the store one day, put my stuff down and the night bell went off. So the night bell is like our um, answering machine when we're not open, but you can answer it. So I answered the phone. What time at night did you get this call? This was actually in the morning. Oh, first so thing it in the was morning. about eight. Yeah, I had just gotten to work and it was a lady crying so hard I could barely understand her. And I just was trying to calm her down. So usually in service experience, we get the, my alterations lost. They lost my luggage. Well, this one was a sensor. And so when you say sensor, it was a, one of those sensor tags that we put on merchandise, you know, to prevent theft, right? Yes. We left a sensor on her dress. And unfortunately, it was her wedding day. And she was, I just, I have to go back to if it was my sister's wedding, I'm getting married soon. If I had a sensor on my dress the day of the wedding, just think of your wife, think of your family members. Oh, it wouldn't be good. It's it's bad it enough. Wouldn't be I good. mean, all of us had have had a sensor probably on our clothes. It's bad enough when it's not a high stakes occasion. It's like, ah, oh, darn, I got it. They left a sensor tag on my pants. But this is this woman's wedding. So yeah, I I can tell. This is this is a high stakes occasion. Yes. So I go into fix it mode, like, no problem. Okay, where are you? And she says, four and a half hours north in the middle of Idaho. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, when's the wedding? She says, noon. And I said, I'll be right there. I'm going to go find a sensory mover. I'm going to get in the car and it's going to cut close, but I'm going to get in the car right now. And so I put it in my GPS and I got in the car and I was on a road trip. Did the customer like think about maybe there's some other solution or? So she said, we've tried pliers. We've tried magnets. We've tried whatever. And I said, stop. It'll ruin it. I mean, it's a sensitive little sensor, but we can take it off. Don't try to, because it'll ruin the garment. You know, I love, Melissa, your knee-jerk reaction is, I just want to solve this for a customer. But did anything run through your mind as you're getting in the car, like, and you're taking off and you're going to drive for hours somewhere? Like, am I doing the right thing here? Is this what my manager would want me to do? Or Not even for a second. I know that I won't get in trouble if I say yes, and I'm going to go help a customer. I didn't even know if I had enough gas in my car or a Diet Coke. I just wanted to go fix it. I hope we reimbursed you for your gas. You sure did. Okay, so that's thank good. you. That's good. <laughs> so what time did you get there? Um, right before noon. So it was cutting it very close. So, Melissa, were you speeding? Um, I... Um, no, I, I push. Maybe my my car goes a little faster than because it should. I don't know if it's that way in kind of rural Utah, but I think it's the way in Idaho. Like the speed limit's like 80 or something, isn't it? I mean, you can go fast. So it's 80 and there's nothing but cows and um, sagebrush. There's nothing. You can push the speed limit a little bit. So I got there on time. 
barely. So there's like, like people was, showing up at the church or whatever, the whole thing. So like people are coming in. Literally met them in the parking lot. I get out of the car, left the door open. I have the sensor remover. So I'm looking through the ruffles, looking through the ruffles, looking through the ruffles, found the sensor, took it off. And I don't even think she said thank you. And she ran away. And I, w- I got back in the car. So you didn't like stick around and check out the wedding or anything. You just said, see you later. And she ran and put a dress on and went and got married. She left and I left and it was great. But I'm, I'm really grateful that I was able to take care of that customer, even if she doesn't remember it, because she was just getting ready to walk down the aisle. I felt so good. And I just wanted our reputation to not be ruined because of a sensor, because it really could have been as easy as me saying, Hey, we're closed. Like, I'm so sorry. For one second, I thought, okay, I wonder if there's a Dillard's or something close, but it was still like 45 minutes away. And I thought, okay, forget it. I'm going. And so I did. Well, first of all, thank you for doing that. It's great. Thanks. And Thanks. Um, it does surprise we have, there's versions of that stuff that happens all the time, but yeah, there's that split second. You just got to go for it. And you know, it's hard to teach this stuff. It's hard to expect it out of people. Most of it just has to do with they've got to have to have it in their DNA that they want to be empowered to do these things. They want to be accountable. They're not looking in the rule book of whether I should do this or not. And if it's about creating a solution for a customer, 99 times of 100, the answer is going to be, yeah, we're going to figure out how to do that. So that's great that you did that. And um, so you said you had another version of a story like this, too, where you had to drive somewhere to solve a problem for a customer. Yeah. So this one was actually two different customers, the daughter and the mom. The family had just had a passing and um, I got to talk to the daughter. So I'm sorry. So this was for a funeral? It was for somebody's passing back east. So it was a funeral. And I don't know who it was, but it was a close family member. I never even got that far. I just know that we screwed up. The family lived in um, Jackson Hole. So there's an airport there and they flew into Salt Lake to get some clothes and we had left three sensors on. So I don't know if I'm like the sensor whisperer. I don't know. It, it's like three things. So it was really frustrating to me um, that they had flown in specifically for this and they had just gotten home and noticed that both bags had sensors. And so the mom and daughter lived in the same valley, but um, separate about 30 miles apart. And she just said, my mom's more upset than I am. Um, We can make something work. We'll find something. But I just want to let you know, I'm just really disappointed. And so here we go. Okay. So how far is Jackson Hole, Wyoming from Salt Lake City, Utah? So I Googled it. It's four hours and 39 minutes. So I got in the car and the lady was so sweet. She says, I'm going to put it on my porch for you. Um, you can take the sensor off and leave it there. Here's the code to my door if you want to put it back inside. But just go to my mom's house and pick up her package because she wants it returned. And I'm thinking, no way. <laughs> I am going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. And on my drive up, I got a call from the mom that said, I just have to apologize because I have been so upset, but I am so humbled that you guys would come here. I will keep the items and I'm really grateful for you. And I just said, no problem. Like I'm on my way, was able to go. And the first house that I stopped at was the mom, the one who was so upset and was going to return everything. Well, she didn't. And she was so excited and left me a thank you note in the bag along with some goodies. So she has like a little um, 
care package. I got a water and an apple and like a granola bar. She was so grateful. And so I took the two sensors off her items and headed to her daughter's house and took those off. And then it was so late. I ended up staying the night. I found a hotel room and throughout the evening, she was telling me places that were really good to go eat. And then also, I guess there's some famous grizzly bears that pass through Jackson Hole. It's like I don't know, it's a big deal. And so she was telling me sightings of like places where they had spotted the grizzly bear that day. Wow. So you made a friend. I made a friend and she was grateful, super grateful. So at the end of the day, maybe that's a story that the daughter will pass along. But again, I didn't want to be the reason why something got returned or they had spent all this money to come and fly to Salt Lake and then end up having to find a different outfit. Melissa, you're a nice person. I appreciate, well, I appreciate hearing these stories. It warms my heart. Again, I I just want to thank you for doing that because you may not realize you did it because it was the right thing to do and you wanted to do it, but you create an example for others. And I'm sure that story's lived on in some ways in your store, but the people that were around you that maybe, you know, heard that you did this, that's what makes our culture go is that it's really perpetuated and amplified through actual acts that are real. And then people telling those stories and talking about it, because we all have this shared experience to one degree or another, but I'm glad now we've got this on the Nordy pod and other people are going to learn about it too. And, um, Anyway, thank you so much for just, you know, taking the initiative and doing what's right and doing that on behalf of the customers. That's that's what it's all about. I'm just so grateful that after four generations, you have created such an environment where we can be ourselves. And I know that I won't get in trouble if I say yes. Every single store has a version of this. Somebody has extended themselves so much. And I just thought it's so fun to be able to share and we should share that in new hires and store rallies. And I love that we embrace in our culture, just being kind. You literally just have to listen. We have stuff to sell and we have cute stuff to sell. And in my job, I unpack it every day. But at the end of the day, it's about the relationship with my friends who were customers first. It's all about the relationship. That's it. I don't know. Out of everything here, the people part of my job is the most, it's the most fun. It's the most rewarding. I go home and it's like, I cannot believe I get paid to do this. I can't believe it. I thank you so, so much for creating a place where I want to retire and I want to be here. This is home for me. I love it here. So you've done an awesome job. Well, you're nice to say that. And here's the deal for all the listeners. If you find yourself in whatever city in North America, and you happen to have a sensor tag on there, whether you bought that item from Nordstrom or not, call Nordstrom. We've got the sensor tag removal device, and we will try to find a solution for you. We will. We'll make it happen. Hopefully you'll get someone like Melissa on the phone. That that guarantee it'll happen. <laughs> call Utah. We'll call come. Utah. <laughs> You're the best, Melissa. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the Nordy Pod. You bet. Thanks. Wow, I love these stories. I mean, it's a little embarrassing that we're leaving sensors on clothes, which, by the way, happens to everyone. It's happened to me, too. But I am proud of Melissa for immediately recognizing each situation as an opportunity to help. Thank you again, Melissa, for contributing to this ever-growing list of service stories that we look to as a touchstone for our spirit of intent. 
This next story, interestingly enough, came to us among a list of stories from a single customer. It stood out to me as maybe a lesser known phenomenon that actually comes up quite a bit when you're in the business of selling shoes. For those who aren't aware, there's a fairly large portion of the population who have two different size feet. And we actually have a policy where if the customer has a size and a half difference, we'll actually pull two single shoes from two different size boxes and only charge them for one pair. Here's one such example. Hi, is this uh, Diane Hamilton? Yes, it is. Hi, it's Pete Nordstrom calling. Hey, look, you're really nice to uh, to talk to me today. I understand, I think it's your daughter that wrote us. She said that you have a story about when we sold you two pair of shoes, different sizes for the price of one. Is that right? That's correct. I was so shocked by it. So pleased. So how long ago was this? Probably about 10 years ago. I was on vacation. I like to shop with my sister-in-law and I was shopping for a wedding and uh, I was at Fashion Place in Salt Lake and the person who was helping me was just wonderful, helped me find the dress, helped me get some jewelry and then brought up shoes and I'm like, uh, yep, right needs this, the left needs that, I have two different sized feet, you know, and much to my shock, she was okay, I'll sell it to you. I said, I've never had anyone offer that to me before. Traditionally, what I, I'm used to, and I still do, is like, okay, am I going to pad or try and take to a shoe repair and see if they can stretch? Yeah. So I'm always looking for super soft leather shoes or platforms work really well. Like, I have a whole profile of traditionally what works. It's just these particular shoes were perfect for this dress, for this event. And she, she immediately offered it up. I didn't even think to ask. So it was incredibly generous of that person because I don't live in Salt Lake. So she didn't know if I was going to be back again or not, which I actually love to shop in Fashion Place. I become loyal when I go out there. And now I have a son who's at the University of Utah. And (laughs) I always hit that store. I find, I think something must be there culturally where... (laughs) The sales reps must feel empowered to really step it up and take it to the next level and make sure their customers, you know, fully satisfied and getting what they need. It's great. I love hearing that story. And I think what I like best about it is, you know, the sense that a person just took it upon themselves to use good judgment to take care of the customer that's in front of them. So it actually makes me feel really good to hear that. And it was, it was really nice hearing from your daughter about all these other experiences. And it sounds like your family has been shopping with us for a while. Oh, we have. And I, you know, being from the Northwest, I've had siblings who've worked there during college. You know, my niece is actually working in that fashion place, full disclosure, at Salt Lake right now she's only 17 and she really acts like a stylist she'll take your rent too I mean I have great respect and admiration for the Northern family and the way that you guys approach the business and you're hands-on and I think it translates down to the customer which is what creates us you know wanting to keep coming back so yeah you know what it's great I, I will tell you for me as a person that's been doing this my whole life and 
and my last name being what it is, I get a lot of feedback and it never gets old. And one of the things that's happened with this podcast is the themes become in sharper focus and you, you hear from people very consistent things over and over again about the things they value. The reciprocity and consistency about how that all works has been kind of remarkable. So I will tell you selfishly for me, it's been fun to hear it and it kind of reinforces why we do what we do. Happy to help. <laughs> Great. Well, look it. Nice to meet you via the phone, and thanks again for the feedback. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, that's a great story, and it actually brings back a specific memory for me. When I was, gosh, I was probably 13 or 14 years old working in the stockroom with my brother, Eric, and one of our jobs was to mate up single shoes. And while that may sound provocative, it's not actually that exciting. So in this case, I, there was literally hundreds of shoes all over the place, and we lined them all up and tried to mate up the lefts and rights. And at a certain point, I think, given the fact that we were teenagers in a room doing this mundane work, we started throwing shoes at each other until such point my dad came by and checked that out and as you might imagine that didn't go over well with my dad and we got a well-deserved lecture about treating merchandise with respect (laughs) okay so we have one more story for you that comes to us from an employee by the name of tracy dennis it's actually a story about her mother back in the mid 80s and i don't want to say too much but man you can just feel the desperation of this moment as tracy tells the story it's definitely not a situation anyone would want to get stuck in So one of the emails that we receive got our attention. It's actually, it's from an employee of ours. And so I'm going to introduce you now to Tracy Dennis. Are you on? I'm on. Can you hear me? I can hear you. So Tracy, how long have you worked at Nordstrom? Um, It's going to be seven years coming up in November. Okay. Where do you work exactly? I work from my home in Phoenix. I work in customer care for the NordstromRack.com side of the business. I take calls from our customers and chats throughout the day, um, helping our customers resolve issues they may have with their orders. You know, I bet you've got all kinds of interesting stuff coming across because the story you've got for me is a, a personal was your mother. It's not from a customer that you got a call about, right? Correct. Yep. That was my mom in the 80s. Well, you think about it, Tracy. I mean, we, we may have a segment here sometime about customer care and all the calls you get because that might oh, be that might call be me back one. pete all call right. me back i have stories for you <laughs> <laughs> okay well we'll give that in mind so let's go to the deal that you wrote me about which again was kind of interesting and i'll let you pick it up but you're you're describing a situation where your mom bought a gown from us and this was in the mid 80s is that right yeah so um we lived in the san fernando valley and frequented the topanga nordstrom location it was our go-to for uh, all of our shopping, actually, for the whole family. And my parents had the opportunity because my dad's job to attend the Emmys every year. Okay, so so hang on. So what's your dad's job? um, At the time, he was the vice president of sales for NBC. All right. I was thinking maybe your family like won some kind of daytime drama award or something. I wasn't sure what this all meant. (laughs) (laughs) No, no awards for our guy, for our family, but uh, (laughs) lots of time in advertising and sales for network television. All right. Got it. So your mom's going to attend this event and she needs to get a gown. Yep. 
So she finds a gorgeous, you know, at the time gowns were big and taffeta and, you know, the bigger, the better, the puffier, the sleeves. It was mid 80s. And uh, she bought a beautiful gown, of course, had to have major alterations done. My mom's little five, three had them done at the store location. They came out perfectly gown was gorgeous, wore it for the whole evening, night went off without a hitch, came home and couldn't get the gown off. A zipper had stuck and they used pliers, candle wax, um, Vaseline. <laughs> they tried absolutely everything. So this is like pre-internet where you could go to YouTube and figure out some hack around how to solve a problem, right? So candle wax and like, how did you come up with these different home remedies? I have no idea. I'm sure she called her mother. Her mom was in the garment industry, okay. uh, probably woke her up out of a deep sleep. It's now what? It's probably one o'clock in the morning or something. It's late, right? It's probably four in the the morning Four those in the emmys morning. parties go late yes. okay and, and she can't get out of this dress <laughs> couldn't get it off absolutely that gown was not budging so tracy were you around did you remember this happening or is this when you weren't in the house i was asleep i was uh you know they oh, okay. got home in the wee hours of the night so okay. i heard about it the next day and for many many years to come <laughs> but uh yeah so they uh ended up long story short they had to cut her out of the dress and she was brokenhearted. She loved the dress and hoped to wear it again, took it back to the store to talk to the tailor and see if there was, you know, any way to salvage it. And in that outing to the store, she ran into the salesperson who had helped her initially and the salesperson, without hesitation, insisted on getting her fully refunded for the dress and took care of it right on the spot. Well, it seems like the least we could do is give your money back if we held you prisoner in a dress you could not get out of. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we did that. I'm glad that all worked out. Yeah, absolutely. So like in your job today, these things come up. Is it helped inform your judgment about how to take care of customers being on the other side of these things and having been a customer and seeing, you know, an experience like this that you personally know about? I think so. I mean, it makes you kind of realize that some of these outrageous stories really are happening, you know, and it's not, I got a call today. Someone said that their box arrived completely soaking wet and they have not had rain in their area for months. <laughs> and you think like, well, how could that possibly happen? You know, they said, you think maybe sprinklers or something. And she said it was left inside in an apartment building in a mailroom, but it was completely drenched like it had been in a swimming pool. And you do sort of flash back to things like this, like, well, how could, how's this even possible? Well, who would think that you'd ever get stuck in a dress, right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it's kind of human nature to assume that someone's scamming or, or like, what's wrong with this deal? And what you're talking about is the opposite. It's a theme that you hear you know, on our podcast when we talk about these different things that happen with customers is that someone's decided like right up front, one of our people like, Look, I, yeah, I believe this and this is a problem and we should help try to find a solution for it. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that um, I, I always flash back to one thing that the trainer said to me in my first week of training with the company. She said, 
you're not here to police people. You're not here to play investigator. You're here to help them fix their problem. I like that. That's good. And it's really stuck with me. It's not my job to decide if you're lying or not, or if you're trying to, you know, take advantage of the system. It's my job to make sure that you walk away thinking that Nordstrom did the right thing for you. Well, that's good. It sounds like you got good training. I got, we didn't have formal training when I was coming up. It was more like my dad telling me on the car ride home when I was 16 from selling shoes. Or I remember once I was walking to the parking garage after work, I was walking my uncle and he was, I mean, I was maybe like 18 and it was a very similar conversation. I was talking about, oh my God, you know, these customers are taking advantage of us and returning all this stuff. And he said, don't worry about it. He goes, that, that's not your decision to make. You don't need to worry about, you know, for losing money on each thing. He says, what I can tell you is what this all adds up to for the company is a good thing. And it works for us. And, you know, it engenders a lot of loyalty and trust with our company. And it's worth it. It's, and there's still a version that I get this now when I go and visit stores or talk to people. Say, oh, Pete, you don't know. We need, we should have more rules about returns and stuff. And I, I kind of come back to my own personal experience. So it's heartening for me to hear you say that that's still kind of the way it is today is like, you know, don't think about how you can save the company, you know, a little money right now. Think about it more about the lifetime value of a customer. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly at the time that I went through my training, that was definitely instilled in us. So this happened a, a long time ago. Does your yeah. mom still tell this story? Oh, yes. See, that's kind of my point. I mean, it's like these things live on. I mean, you couldn't buy advertising like that. I mean, the fact that she's told people about it, you know, it comes up, however it comes up, there's a lot of value to that. Yeah. And you're talking, I mean, this was 35 plus years ago and every dress after that, that she ever needed for event. And they did many events like these a year. She always shopped at Nordstrom. No, that's remarkable. Well, I'm, I'm glad we've given your family a good story and I'm glad we were on the right side of this thing. We did the right thing and we took care of your mom and now you're working for us. It's all good. Yeah. Nordstrom has been a part of my life for a long time since I was a teenager and uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be working here. Well, it's great. Look at Tracy. It's good to meet you over Zoom like this. Um, I, I appreciate uh, again your feedback and the job you do now taking care of customers well thank you very much for having me it was fun all right thanks see you tracy bye-bye thank you bye-bye well that concludes our two-part mailbag mini-series i had a lot of fun reaching out to these customers to hear their stories and i hope you enjoyed listening to make sure you never miss any future mailbag stories, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, take a minute to give us a like, a share, and a review so other people can find this too. For more information about the show, head to nordstrom.com slash nordypodcast where you can listen to episodes, see upcoming guests, and learn about how to get involved. This is not the last you'll be hearing from the mailbag. So if you've got an interesting story you'd like to share, send us an email to nordypodcast at nordstrom.com or give us a call and leave a voicemail at 206-594-0526. We really want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Drop us a line and be part of the NordyPod. And make sure next time to tune in when I sit down with local Seattle music legend, Casper Baby Pants. And if that doesn't ring a bell for you, he might be better known as Chris Ballou. You know, I met Beck through a friend, Mary Lou Lord, 
Mary Lou called me and said, this guy Beck is getting signed and he needs a band and you should be in his band. Now, this is like if your phone rang and somebody said, you know, Bobby and the astronauts are going to be massive and you have to be in their band. And you're like, Bobby and the astronauts? I don't know who Bobby and the astronauts are. So, um, so yeah, Beck kinda, was not a household name at this point. No, 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 not at all. It was just a word. It was a one syllable. What? <laughs> you likely know Chris as the former lead singer of the Seattle based rock band from the 90s and early 2000s, the President's of the United States of America. It would have been hard to miss the release of their hit song, Peaches, in 96. Chris has had a long career working with a lot of great musicians, and since 2009 has even produced a huge catalog of children's music as the aforementioned Casper Baby Pants. I really enjoyed learning more about Chris, and I know you're going to love hearing it. So join us next time on The Nordy Pod. Nordy Pod.